0: well good morning church boy we have had church already this morning it's been so awesome all right well, I'll let you know, Jackie's doing fine. She's at home. She's recovering. She's a little weak, but, uh, you know, she's, uh, she's doing fine. She just had a flare-up of the Mycenae gravis, and so we had to take her to hospital so she could get uh, treated through an IVIG, and that helps. And so she's at home. She's doing fine. She sends her love. Okay? We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We will not let anything get us down. We're overcomers. We're standing true. The Word is still true no matter what. In fact, that's that's the thing we believe. Amen. The Word of God is true. And that's why she is still alive. And that's why many of you are still alive, because you believe the Word of God to be true. Amen. Lord, as we go to your Word today, we ask you <clears throat> to help us to speak your Word in love and in truth. Holy Spirit, you give me utterance today, and I believe you'll anoint me and my, my lips and my tongue to speak your Word, the truth of God, and You'll anoint the hearers today to hear the word, and they'll be able to understand it, comprehend it, and be able to implement it in their life. And I take authority over every demonic spirit that would try to harass and hinder this word in their lives, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right. So I want to talk to you today um, about one of the two topics that is the most resisted in the world. Um, I'm not sure which one... uh, is most resisted, whether it is hell or the Holy Spirit. Um, So just think about this for a moment. Um, Most of the world, A, doesn't believe in hell, and certainly doesn't believe they're going there. Right? They don't believe they're going there. Even if there is one, they're not going there. So they discount the teaching and the subject of hell. The other one is the Holy Spirit. Do you know there there are actually some Christian churches that don't believe in hell? And if you know that, but it's true. Now, the other, the other <clears throat> topic that is most resisted is the topic of the Holy Spirit. Why do I say it's most resisted? Well, of course, unbelievers don't believe. They, they may have heard about, but they certainly don't believe in the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. They certainly don't. But here, here's the kicker. So many churches and Christians don't believe in the personal presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, you speaketh the truth. I know, I know. This is, so the two subjects that are most resisted. Now, last week, you had a phenomenal teaching on hell. Just absolutely amazing. Just amazing. So this week, I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit. The last few weeks, I, I began a series talking about forgiveness of sin, forgiveness, repent, uh, forgiving people who have offended you, and then I spoke about repentance, and water baptism, we spent that. Now, the bio, the scripture I was using, Peter said, repent, be baptized, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we've done the repentance aspect of it, and we've done the water baptism aspect. Now we get to the third one, which is receiving the Holy Spirit. So let me just ask you this. Uh, today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you 10 reasons why I love the Holy Spirit. All right, 10 reasons why I love the Holy Spirit. So, um, you know... With Jackie being so close to death in the last three years, um, I've had ample opportunity to think what would be my last words to her as she passes out of this world. What would I like to say to her? But I've also thought about what would be her last words to me. What would she like to say to me? And then on the other hand, I thought, what would be my last words that I would like to say Jackie or my children if I knew this was it I was taking my last breath and I was there have any of you ever thought about have you thought about that you come close thought about that you know when you're young you're thinking and live forever you're never gonna die but you know there's always the case of mom or dad passes on and you're still here and was unexpected and there's this thought if only I had I would have I should have if only I had so Jackie and I live with this protocol, whenever I leave home, I make sure that the words I say to her are words forever, whether it's I love you, whether she says the angels are with you when you go, so we never ever part company, ever on bad terms, heated heated environment arguments, never, because they there's no certainty whether you'd ever see that person again. And then you have to live with the regret of what you said on the way out. do I have your attention. So what was Jesus' last words that he said to his disciples? What I'm just saying to you is that last words are what? Weighty. They're important, are they not? They're, they're, they carry a lot of authority. They, they're powerful. What was the last words Jesus said before he left this earth, or what he said to his disciples. I'm going to give you two quotes, both by the Apostle Luke, uh, who wrote the book of uh, Luke and also the book of Acts. And the first one is found in the book of Luke. If you'd go there, please, it's chapter 24, verse 49. And this is what is recorded, that Jesus said, I'm going to send to you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And then Jesus is is recorded in Acts 1, 8, also by Luke. Before he ascended, he said this. So it was like on the same mountain before Jesus left. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, the word power there in the Greek is the word dunamis. It means divine ability. So why would Jesus want his apostles and his disciples to receive the Holy Spirit with his, not his dying breath, but his parting breath. The very last words he would say to them when face-to-face, he says to them, I want you to go to Jerusalem, I want you to wait there until you get clothed with power, until you see power. What was so important about them having the Holy Spirit that it would be the parting words that Jesus said to his disciples? Surely we must look into that. And take recognition of what he said. So, the first thing he said to them, number one, Oh, another $100 for the building fund. Great. Awesome. Why why did he want them to receive the Holy Spirit? The first thing he said, you should receive power. So, Jesus wanted his disciples and his apostles to receive power. How many of you think that you need some power? Oh, yeah. And now he said this power would be the power to witness. Or to be a witness, two different things. To live for Christ is to be a witness, and you need power to live for Christ. The second thing is you need power to witness to tell somebody else about Jesus. To overcome the fear of rejection, to overcome, well, I don't know what to say. What do I say? So, you know, if you know me, I talk to anybody all the time. If I'm in the elevator, if I'm standing in the line at Starbucks, it doesn't matter. I'm going to talk. I love to talk to people. So we're in the hospital. All the nurses and doctors are there to hear what I have to say. <laughs> so the one uh, the neurologist, she tells me that her father, well, her, 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 her husband is Catholic, and from time to time she goes with them. But her father is non-religious. He doesn't go to any church whatsoever. But he does amazing things of charity. He has homes that he takes care of. He takes care of different things. I mean, she was going on and on and on about what he does. He's so generous. He's so caring. And he doesn't like to tell anybody about it. But he's getting on in years. So he was telling her about all of these wonderful things he does. And, you know, he was, he, he was like shy. And it was, was a great thing. And so I said, well, you know, here's, here's the thing. All of those good works that he's doing is not going to get him into heaven. And she goes, what? I said, yeah, you can't work yourself into heaven. You can't buy yourself into heaven. I mean, we're supposed to do good works, but you've got the root in front of the fruit. You've got the cart in front of the horse. You've got the whole thing upside down. I said, you do the good works after you become a Christian. We're supposed to do the good works. But you cannot earn heaven by the good works that you're doing so you're supposed to do them but i just want to be i want you to be assured that you tell your father so i was witnessing through her to her father and obviously to her another doctor uh came in to see us he was the admitting doctor and we were talking about you know different things and um Subject, you know, came up that we were standing by faith and everything else. And, and he immediately said, well, you know, I left a nation where people are being killed because of religion. And, of course, he's Muslim. And he said, so I want nothing to do with religion whatsoever um, because of this. And I said, oh, good. Neither do I. <laughs> and he said, oh. I said, yeah. I said, you know, I said, Doc, you and I are talking right now, and what we have is a relationship. And I said, what Jesus wants with you is a relationship. Jesus doesn't want religion. He wants a relationship. And he said, yeah, well, that's interesting to know. I said, listen, I know you're busy and you've got to go, but would you do something for me? He said, what? I said, when you get alone sometime, would you do this for me? Would you ask Jesus, if you are real Jesus and if you have been raised from the dead, would you reveal yourself to me? I said, would you do that for me? He said, yeah, I'll do that. Did I sow the seeds? Did I plant this? Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. So you can't always bring somebody to Christ right there, right there, but you can plant the seed. So who gave me the wisdom at the time to do it? Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said you'll receive power of the Holy Spirit's come upon you to be a witness. And so you don't, I didn't have to throw the whole Bible at him, but it wouldn't have worked. But you have to come up with something that would help. All right. So why does Jesus want us to receive the Holy Spirit? The second reason is so that we can be comforted. You know, uh, I need comfort. How about you? Say this, I need comfort. How about you? Okay. So in the world in which we live, it's a continuous struggle. We need to be comforted. So Jesus wants us to be comforted. He gives us the Holy Spirit. Number three, he gives us the Holy Spirit. He wants us to have the Holy Spirit to help us. To help us, we all need to be helped, don't we? We need helpers all the time. And the fourth reason is so that He could give us an advocate. Now, let me read you the scripture, it's found in John 16 and verse 7. Jesus said, It is profitable, or it's good, or expedient, or advantageous for you that I go away, because if I do not go away, The comforter, now the Amplified Bible, as Pastor Cindy said, the louder version, this expands the word comforter so that in English we can understand what the Greek is actually saying. And the Amplified says it means counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby. All of those words come out of the Greek word parakletos. So he said you will have this comforter. And he said, if I don't go away, he will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. So let me show you the Greek word, parakletos, if you would. There it is. And what it means is one called alongside to help you, to, to be there. The best rendering of it is if you had to go to court you would need a legal assistance, you would need an advocate, you would need someone on the legal, uh, as your legal team to represent you, to speak to the judge. That is the parakletos. That is the the meaning of this word. So this person is a legal assistant. He's going to intercede on your behalf. He's going to speak on your behalf. He's going to present your case. He's going to support you, right? So that's What you understand is that the Holy Spirit speaks on your behalf. And so it's amazing to have the Holy Spirit in our life. Now, in 1999, when Jackie had the stroke, and many of you have heard the story, but I'll tell it again for those who haven't heard it. We were in the Green Hospital down in La Jolla, and uh, she was barely alive. She couldn't speak at all. She could maybe utter one word, um, and it was from her Afrikaans background. Uh, which was, yeah, that's all she could say. Um, she was on all kinds of tubes to, to uh, you know, never mind. Anyway, she had just gone to sleep, and uh, I was sitting outside the door so she could sleep. And uh, I had a big sign that I put on the door, please don't disturb, she's gone to sleep. You know, in hospitals, it's not the disease that kills you, it's the lack of sleep. So I, I said, listen, she needs to sleep, please leave her alone, all right? So I'm sitting outside the door, and here comes, of course, the the lab tech to draw blood. And he comes walking along. He's about to open the door. I said, please, sir, please, please. She's just fallen asleep about 20 minutes ago. Give her a couple of hours sleep, and then you can come back. He said, no, no, I'm on my, you know, this is my my route. This is what I've got to do, my schedule. I've got to do it. And I said, please, please, you don't understand. This lady is really sick. She's really weak. She's really tired. They've been waking up all the time. Please let her sleep. I'm begging the guy, let her sleep. And he says, you don't understand this is my job, and I've got to do it now. So he goes to open the door. So I jump in between him and the door. I'm standing in front of him. And I said, I've tried my best to, to you know, reason with you. So let me just tell you this. The only person who's going to give blood right now is you. <laughs> I said to him, I said, I have two black belts in karate. Trust me. You want needles all over your body. Come back a little later. Give my wife time to sleep. And he looked at his notes. He said, oh, actually, it's not her turn right now. I said, yeah, I didn't think so. (laughs) And as I sat down, I mean, I wasn't proud of what I did about the confrontation. But you know what? My family means everything to me. And if I have to get in between something and my family, you're in trouble. Because I'm going to call on heaven. I'm going to call on everything I've got. I'm going to protect my family. All right, so as I sit down, the Holy Spirit said, you're acting as her advocate. And that's exactly what I do for the church. And I go, wow, I was speaking on her behalf. I was defending her. I was the one taking the position because she was not able to. Do we understand, church, that we're not able to do what's necessary? That's why the Holy Spirit's been given to us to do what we can't do. I mean, if you didn't need the Holy Spirit, why would Jesus give it? No, so we need the comforter, we need the helper, we need the advocate. Well, the story goes on. In 2019, Jackie was declining fast. She hadn't been diagnosed yet with my senior graver, so we didn't know what we were dealing with. But she had gone from a walking position to a wheelchair to lying in bed, too weak to get out of bed, couldn't breathe. I mean, it was a dreadful situation that was going on. No medication helped, and she hadn't been fully diagnosed with this autoimmune disease. And I was scheduled to, to preach, and it was a Sunday morning, and I was uh, in my office, 5 o'clock in the morning, and I'm trying to pray. But I'm human, just like you are, and when you get overwhelmed by circumstances, um, You get to a place where I said to God, I said, God, I I love you, but I can't pray. I said, you haven't answered my prayers. I said, I'm telling you now, I'm full of doubt. I'm full of unbelief. I'm full of pain. And I can't pray for the service. Now, all of you say, we forgive you, Pastor. Come on. I need some help now. (laughs) Help me preach. Be a comforter to me right now. Come on. Anybody ever been there? Okay, the rest of you will have all to call for liars. (laughs) That's the person next to you and said, he was speaking to you. Do you know that? You should have raised your hand. Najib said, you should have raised your hand. I know you. Okay, never mind. So I'm sitting in the office and and in a flash, in a flash, I see a picture of Jairus coming to Jesus and saying, come and lay your hands on my daughter. She will live because Jairus' daughter was about to die. And uh, right then Jesus said, I'm fine, I'm coming to heal. And then this woman with the issue of blood comes up and she gets in the way. She touches Jesus' garment. She gets healed. There's this whole thing going on uh, about who touched me and so on and so forth. While this is going on, Jairus' daughter dies. So somebody comes from his home and says to Jairus, don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter's dead. And Jesus turns to Jairus and says to Jairus, do not doubt, just believe. Now, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, he can tell you that whole story in a split second. It took me five minutes to tell you the story. It happened like, (laughs) and everything he wanted to say said. And I see myself in jair's position, and I hear the master saying to me, do not doubt, just believe. And what happened to me, what happened to me was I understood that it was my decision, that I could go and and slide back into this hellhole of doubt and unbelief, and Jackie would die. Or I could stand up and make a decision, I am going to believe, and I'm going to refuse to doubt. It was my decision. And I stood up out of that chair, and I raised my hands to God, and I began to worship And I began to say, God, I believe in the name of Jesus that Jackie is healed and that she will live and that your word is true. And I refuse to give in to the doubt that the enemy wants me to accept as the truth. This is not the truth. She has been healed by your stripes. I came to church and I preached. You guys didn't know what I was going through because I don't tell you what I'm going through. None of your business. No. 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 It'll help you for me to tell you what I'm going through. It helps me to tell you when I'm through it. (laughs) Hello, say through it. (laughs) I went home after church, and I told Jackie what had happened. And she knew she was at the point of death. She said, something happened to me this morning while you were gone. She said, the power of God hit me. She said, get me out of bed. And we took her out of bed. And we got her into the wheelchair. We went through the dining room to have our lunch. The power of God hit her from that moment of doubt and unbelief and sickness. And she began to get well. Do you understand how important it is? Now, why do I tell you that story? Because the Holy Spirit, what? Helped me and comforted me and came alongside me because I couldn't cope with this life. And God, the Holy Ghost, came in and said, this is what you need. Come on. Come on. Come on, Henry. All right. All right. We can do this. Say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Ghost. Now, uh, another reason why Jesus wants you to have the Holy Spirit is so that he can build you up. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit building you up. All right. I find that I need to build myself up on a constant basis. I think what the world is throwing throwing at me now is kind of just never been this bad. Just never been this bad. And so I'm getting hit left, right, and center with what's going on in my life. How about you? you? (laughs) Well, you know, the book of Jude 20 20 says, uh, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit is how you build yourself up. It doesn't say you get faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. It says you build yourself up on your faith. So you already have faith, but praying in the Holy Spirit, which means praying in tongues, is what builds you up. And Jesus wants us to be able to build ourselves up on our most holy faith, no matter what we are facing. Number six, Jesus wants the Holy Spirit to help you pray, to help you pray. And I need the Holy Spirit to help me pray. How about you? And this is the most important reason why I run out of English words. There's just so much I can pray and then like, okay, what now? But I can pray in the spirit, in tongues, anytime, as much as I want, and it's awesome time to do it. Now, you see, when I'm praying in the spirit, my spirit man is praying, not my head. My head doesn't understand what I'm saying doesn't understand a thing because the Bible says I'm talking to God okay it's talking to God now I'm going to tell you a story where Jackie had the stroke she lost the ability to speak properly but she never lost the ability to pray in tongues now I've asked Greg if we could do this this morning and he has agreed so I I want you to I want to I'm going to ask Greg if you don't know who Greg is um Greg tell us what actually happened to you a stroke okay and I don't like it at all but um it's better better, but doesn't note and something back and forth but um and so um <laughs> hello <laughs> um <laughs> um so so but my spirit is nice nice Did you hear him go from English into tongues? And did you hear the tongues flow? But English doesn't work. I just proved to you that when you pray in tongues, you're not praying out of your mind, out of your brain, even if it's been injured. You're praying from your spirit man. Can we give God praise? Come on. Yeah. See, I discovered that with Jackie. When we pray together and she couldn't speak, and then she prayed fluently in tongues. I go, Oh, the Bible's true. (laughs) Imagine that. Come to find out it is true. When the Bible says when you pray in tongues, you pray to the Father, nobody understands you, and your mind is unfruitful. So have a look at Romans 8.26. In the same way, the Spirit helps our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So the beautiful thing about this is that Greg and and Jackie can pray for this congregation and for their own needs in the Spirit without having to talk in English And not even about their own needs. They can't even tell God about their own needs. But their spirit man can talk to God about their needs. So I can pray for you, which I do every day. And Jackie and I do every night as well. In the spirit, because we don't know what your needs are. And we pray in the Holy Ghost. And God ministers to your needs. That's why we pray in the spirit. Because we don't know what we should pray for as we ought. Are there friends or family members of yours? that you ought to be praying for, that you don't know how to pray for? Come on, people. Ten reasons why I love the Holy Spirit. Number seven, I love to worship. I love to worship God. Uh, I'm so thankful and so grateful that I've been born again, that He took my sin away, uh, and that, you know, I've just been able to enjoy His presence. And so I love to worship Him. But you know what? I also run out of words when I'm worshiping. Now the Holy Spirit helps us to worship. And this is found in John 4 23. Jesus said, Yet the time is coming and now's come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. In spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is a spirit, and his worshipers must, must, worship him in spirit and in truth. Must. Must. That's not an option. It's not an option, right? It's not like one of the 10 suggestions. <laughs> this is not an option. Not an option. If you are a believer and you love Jesus, you must receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit by Jesus, receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Holy Spirit, so that you can worship the Father as He wants to be worshiped. What is the point? What is the point of becoming a Christian and then not fulfilling the Father's wish? That didn't make any sense. Surely you would want to do that. If you love somebody, you want to do what they want. You want to help them. I mean, you want to bless them. You want to do what they would like. You can't tell somebody, I love you, but I'm doing my own thing. I'm just going to do it my way. No. Praying in the Spirit. Worshipping the Spirit is critical. Number eight, I love to study the Word. That's obvious. And I know you do too. You read the Bible, you study the Word, you listen to podcasts, you watch things on, uh, on YouTube and so on and so forth. You, you love to study the Word of God. But how exciting is it when you might be reading the Bible in your, in your morning quiet time and suddenly something becomes alive to you. You go, "Woo! when was that put in the Bible? Actually, it's been there the whole time. But what happened is the Holy Spirit quickened something to you. He taught you something. That anointing that's in you suddenly opens something to you that your mind hadn't seen before. That is the Holy Spirit teaching you, teaching you. So He has been given to us to teach us. Look at this verse in 1 John 2, 27. As for you, the anointing you received from Him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as His anointing teaches you about all things. So the anointing is the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible says here, you don't need anybody to teach you. So don't take that out of context. Jesus wouldn't have put into into the church prophets, apostles, teachers, pastors, and evangelists if teachers weren't necessary. So He's put into the Bible, He's put into the, the body of Christ, teachers, to help us. You know what? It's a lot easier to learn in this environment right now, somebody sharing with you, than for you on your own to read the Bible and try and figure it all out. So now, if you are in a position where you haven't got access, which is unlikely, but the Holy Spirit is there to help you, especially in your quiet time when you're studying the Word of God, He will help you and He will guide you and He'll bring it to He will also bring to remembrance things that you've heard. Also, when you're sitting here right now, and you're listening, and you're hearing the Holy Spirit is helping you. Sometimes, this ha- in fact, this happens a lot. It's more important what the Holy Spirit says to you than what I'm saying. Because you're sitting out there listening, and then things are going off. Bells and whistles are going off, and you go, wow, wow, and the lights are flashing and everything else. And I never even said that. And people come to office, Pastor Henry, that thing that you said there was awesome. I go, hmm. Never said it. I wish I had. Never did. Holy Spirit talking directly to you. So he's a teacher. In 1 Corinthians 2 and 12, it says, What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Watch this. I love this. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. Here's the sad thing. How many Christians do you know that don't even know what they don't know. Let me say that another way. They don't know what they don't know. And you try and talk with them and converse with them, and they go like, so what planet are you from? Say, no, I'm a Christian. This is in the Bible. And they go, no, it's not. And they argue with you because they don't know what they don't know. And yet we who have received the Holy Spirit, he... He teaches us and shows us those things which have been freely given to us by God. The Holy Spirit, healing, blessings from God, abundance have been freely given to us by God. But so much of the church is walking around in darkness and they don't know what is part of their inheritance. What's in the covenant, they don't know. And the major reason, they haven't received the fullness of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they're trying to live this Christian life without the third person operating fully in their life. And he was given by Jesus to teach us and to help us. But oh, no, 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 no. Tongues have passed away. Gifts have passed away. It's not for today. Well, go ahead and be dumb. What can I say? Number nine. I love that he shows me the future. I love that he shows me the future. And he helps me prepare for it. In John 16... And verse 13, it says, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak what He hears and only what He hears. And then listen to this part of the verse. And He will tell you what is yet to come. He will show you what's yet to come. That's been critically important in my life. Critically important in my life. Show me what is yet to come. You know... Um, I always worked from home as, as a pastor, and even bef- in my own business I worked from home. And <clears throat> one morning in South Africa, uh, Jackie left to go to work, and she, she ran the church, she ran the office in the church, and so I went to my office as my custom was, and I got down to pray. Everybody's gone, kids are gone to school, and I've got some time, I'm going to pray. And the moment I got down to pray, something came on me, it was what we'd call a burden. There was a desire to pray that was overwhelming, overwhelming desire. I couldn't focus on anything. I was going to pray anyway, but this prayer, this, this urgency to pray, led me to pray when the Spirit spoke, the Scripture says, spoken groanings and words that cannot be uttered. Remember that? Well, that's what happened to me. And I began to pray, and I knew there was something wrong. And so I was praying about the future because I knew something was wrong. I didn't know what it was. God didn't show me that, but I knew I was supposed to pray. And so I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. And I mean I prayed, the sweat came down me. Mark, clothing got wet. I became nauseous from praying so hard. I literally crawled on the floor to the, to the toilet, put my head in the bowl while I'm praying because I was so overcome with this urgency to pray. And then it left, and I was exhausted. And I got up, and I sat down, and got some water, and I phoned the office. And I said, is Jackie there? And she said, you just walked in. And I said to you, girl, are you okay? And she said, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, try me. <laughs> she said, on the route coming here, I pulled up, driving behind an 18-wheeler, and the road's we narrow, just two lanes of traffic, one coming towards you and you on one lane. So, And the, the side, the curves were just non-existent. They were just dirt and holes and gravel and rocks and kinds of stuff. Not like American roads, okay? Anyway, she said, I looked. There was nothing there. I decided to overtake. So she pulled over to overtake this 18-wheeler, and she was about halfway down when she realized the road did a dip in it. And there was an oncoming vehicle, and there was no way she could escape. She could not turn off to the right because there was holes in the side of the road, and she had a small car. She would have been devastated off the side of the road. There was no way she could escape. Left was into the truck. And she said, I'm staring at this. and said, I know I'm going to die. And suddenly I was in front of the the truck. Suddenly. She said, I cannot explain to you what happened and and what took place. She said, I was transported. Me and my car was transported from certain death to in front of the truck. So I said, well, I prayed you out of that. I prayed you out of it. God came upon me. The Holy Spirit came upon me to pray for something in the future. He didn't tell me what it was, but I prayed you out of that. And that's the reason you're alive right now. So I'm going to tell you people, People who resist praying in tongues, people who resist and want to make excuses for you, that's okay. It's okay. Go ahead. If, th- if that's what you want, my family is alive today on more than one occasion. I could tell you more than one occasion. I leave some of them for Cindy to tell at Bible college. They're alive today because of that ability, because of that gift to pray in tongues, and because of that yieldingness to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will show you things to come. That's why Jesus wants you to have the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right. Let me finish it off. All right. Now, do you know that every person in the book of Acts received the Holy Spirit? Every single one of them? And do you know that every single one of them spoke in tongues the moment they received the Holy Spirit? You know, uh, I went to, uh, I got saved on the Sunday night, and on Wednesday night, the pastor was having a prayer meeting, and... uh It was going to be a Holy Ghost prayer meeting. He was going to pray for people. So we all kneel, knelt on the floor like this by the altar, and he began praying on the one side for people to receive. I was about the middle. He was about three people away from me. Got my hands up, eyes closed, and he didn't even get to me. Out came the roar of tongues like a river. Just began to flow. He didn't even get time to get to me. I just received it in Jesus' name. Jackie received the Holy Spirit in her sleep. In her sleep. She woke up on her knees on her bed praying in tongues. Hayne did the same thing. We were at a camp meeting. He was seven years old. We were sharing one room. In the middle of the night, we woke up because somebody was praying. And it was Hayne in his sleep praying in tongues. In the morning, I woke him up. I said, do you know that you got full of the Holy Ghost last night? He said, no, I have no idea. He so, said, well, if you weren't fooled, you're filled now, you can pray in tongues. <laughs> Cindy got fooled with the Holy Ghost when she was four years old. Jackie used to lie on the floor, praying in the spirit. Jackie and Cindy would just come and lie, next to like mom, and lie next to mom and began praying in tongues. You say she's only four years old. We've got 4 year old next door in children's church getting full with the Holy Ghost right now, even as we talk, and being saved, giving the life to Jesus. All right, But I was really young in those days. So I was skeptical. So I brought Hain and Cindy together and I led them to Christ. I prayed for them to get saved. I said, you guys are praying in tongues. You better be sure you're saved. God's my witness, as stupid as I am. Stupid should be painful. I I should have been able to believe that this is what happened. But it was such a shock to me that this would happen. So I'm just telling you, don't put God in a box. All right. All right. So number 10. Um, the heavenly prayer language is what he wants you to have. Listen, Acts chapter 19, uh, verse 1. While, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And there he found some disciples. They we say disciples. Say it again. Do you think a disciple is a believer? Think they're Christians? Think they're passionate believers? Yes to all of those. So he asked them this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Well, that's a, that's a silly question, Paul, because we know that everybody receives the Holy Spirit the moment they believe. When you become a Christian, you receive the Holy Spirit. Paul, don't you know that? Why would you be asking these believers, these disciples, if they received when they believed? Well, obviously, you don't. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. And they answered and said, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. They hadn't received when they believed. They hadn't received. But they were Christians. They were disciples. So Paul laid his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came on them. And watch this. And they spoke in tongues. And they prophesied. The moment they received the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. You see, speaking in tongues is the initial evidence of being baptized by Jesus with the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues is the initial evidence that you are now filled with the Holy Spirit. Now that you have received the Holy Spirit, you'll have this evidence. Let me give you one more scripture. I could give you 10. This takes 10 lessons in Bible college that Pastor Cindy does. I'm cramming into 30 minutes. Say, well done, Pastor. Yeah. Don't mention it. All right. So Acts two. Acts 2.4 says this, and they were all filled. Everybody say all. All. I love it. You guys are, I can sense that anointing. Say it again, all. all. For those that are strangers and visitors with us. Okay, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and watch this, began to speak. Began, so they hadn't done it before. Began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. They couldn't do it until the Spirit gave them the utterance. The Spirit gave it to them. Once they received the Holy Spirit, immediately they began to speak in tongues. This is in the Bible. This is what the Word of God says. Let me close. Second closing. The Holy Spirit is a gift, as is the gift of repentance and forgiveness. Do you know that? Repentance is a gift God gives you so that you can repent, and the forgiveness of sin is a gift. This is the scripture I started with, Acts 2:38. Peter said, "Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So notice the four things. Number one, repent. That is when you acknowledge you're a sinner, when you turn to God away from your sin, that's repent. you're turning away. You're turning towards God. Repent. Number two, be baptized. That's talking about being baptized in water. Number three, have your sins forgiven. So your sins are forgiven after you've repented. You ask God to forgive you. You've turned to Him. Your sins are forgiven now. So you're beginning the journey. And then number four, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what the book says, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So... I want to ask you now, out of those four things that are in the, in the Bible, which of those four things are no longer valid? In other words, we don't have to do it anymore. It's passed away. The Bible doesn't require it. God doesn't require it. Which one? Repent? Yes or no? Should we do it? Okay. Be baptized in water. Yes or no? Okay. What about have your sins forgiven? Yes or no? So then why do we cross out number four? What do we say? We'll go with the first three, but number four has passed away. It's no longer required. People, please, don't change the Bible to suit yourself or to suit your own doctrine. The Bible says it. Let's believe it. Let's do it. All four are required today. It's still part of the Bible. If somebody's tried to talk you out of it, they're not doing God's work. They should be talking you into it, not out of it. Anybody trying to talk you out of the promises of God are not doing God's work. We're supposed to talk you into the promises of God so you can receive what God has for you. Amen? Amen. All right, every eye closed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to your people today, for clearly showing them the Word of God as it stands. Thank you, Jesus, for helping us in these 10 beautiful ways why you've given us a helper, a comforter, an advocate, someone to help us pray, someone to show us the future, the power of God in our life. All of these wonderful attributes that come with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And if there's any person here this morning and they need to do one of those four things, they need to repent and give their life to Jesus. They need to be baptized in water. They need to have their sins forgiven. Or they need to receive the Holy Spirit. If there's anyone who needs any one of those four things that right now, Holy Spirit you're going to help them. As the comforter and as the helper. To be obedient to you. While no one's looking around, friend. God brought you to the ser- to the service On purpose, he knew what I was going to be preaching. And I believe he wants you to have what the word promises you. I'm going to ask you if you want prayer for any one of those. Number one, if today you want to repent and turn your life over to God, fully commit yourself to him, would you lift your hand wherever you are? And I'm going to pray for you. God's going to do an amazing thing in your life. Does anybody want to do that, I want to give you a moment to think about it. If you love Jesus with all your heart, that's fine. But if right now the Holy Spirit has put his finger on your heart and saying, this is your time, you need to do something now, then please respond. Number two, if you're going to be, uh, uh, if you want to be baptized in water and you still have not been baptized in water, would you raise your hand wherever you sit? I'm not going to do it now, but I'm going to i'm going to check you out see if you're going to do it arrange something for you arrange something for you thank you for those who raised their hands thank you and lastly i'm going to pray for those who today you love jesus with all of your heart but you want jesus to baptize you with the holy spirit you want to receive that powerful presence that anointing that comforter into your life that advocate that will help you to pray and to worship If you love Jesus, but you have yet to receive his person, the Holy Spirit, would you raise your hand? This is for you. Would you raise your hand real quickly? Thank you so much for those who are raising their hands. Thank you so much. I'm going to have you stand to your feet, all of you. Please stand to your feet. Close your eyes one more time. I'm going to pray. Lord, you know the people in this meeting today that you've touched and you've brought them here on purpose because you want to take them to the next level. You want to take them deeper with you into a greater experience with you. And while I'm praying this prayer, if you raised your hand for any one of those calls that you want to give your life to Jesus, You want to receive the holy spirit or you want to be baptized in water will you just slip out of your chair wherever you are come on down i'm going to have the pastors come and join me for prayer and the ministry team if you join us thank you so much just give you a moment might be a big decision but i promise you the bible said if you've repented you desire to be baptized in water you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God brought you here deliberately for you to hear this. Please don't walk away from this. Don't walk away. Don't walk away. One more call. One more call. If you desire healing in your body, would you step forward? We have prayer teams standing up, standing right now. Standing right now. If you desire healing in your body, would you pray? Would you come on down? Laura, could you just help her? Help her? If you desire healing, come on down real quickly. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just step forward. Just step forward. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for these that have stepped forward for ministry. Thank you for ministering to them life, deliverance, healing, infilling the Holy Ghost. Lord, we bless you for this wonderful time together. We thank you for the body of Christ that are growing in strength, the promised tribe that are growing in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Angels, we garrison about them to protect them wherever they go, that they continue to grow in the things of God, We thank you, Lord, for all of those Bible school students that are enrolling right now and putting Jesus first in their life. We bless these people in Jesus' name. Bless your congregation. Bless your sheep. Bless your lambs. Amen. Laura, if Laura would step forward onto the stage, this is your absolute last opportunity. If you haven't enrolled in Bible college and you've been sitting sitting on the fence, People, this is the absolute last opportunity. Come and see Laura right now. God bless you for coming. Have a wonderful uh, Labor Day tomorrow, and we will see you next Sunday. Amen? God bless you.